Tango Tango Papa 2128, February 20th, 2023. Have we seen the actual reality of a monstrous crime? Or merely an illusion? The product of a tortured brain? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Tom Wiles here with you, coming to you this afternoon from North Platte, Nebraska. So I am uh, currently waiting. I can't deliver the load that I have until uh, it has to be after midnight. I'm actually at a Flying J truck stop right next to where the load delivers to. So I can't deliver the load until after midnight, and so I'm, you know, I may or may not do it right after midnight, and then, because uh, I already know the next load picks up in Lexington, Nebraska, and they do have overnight truck parking, so I might go ahead and drive over there. I, de- I don't think the load's going to be ready yet, and if it's not, you know, what I'm planning on is uh, if I go over there, then drop the uh, empty trailer in Lexington at the place and then park on their property and take a get complete 10-hour break before I uh, leave. But uh, Or the other option would be to uh, wait until around, let's say, 10, 10 or 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, or 10 o'clock, let's say, and then deliver the load that I, you know, that, has to be delivered after midnight, the one I'm currently under, and then uh, take the empty trailer over to Lexington and pick up the loaded trailer, and then uh, that load delivers tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is about 300 miles from Lexington. So I'll probably probably go over there just go over there and deliver the load right after you know at midnight and then uh do the drop and hook get the empty trailer go to lexington well fill the trailer up with fuel make sure it's full of fuel they do the wash out there uh they have a so i don't have to worry about getting the trailer washed out in the middle of the night they do the wash out right there at that plant and it's a you know meat plant so then go over there and may or may not pick up the loaded trailer if it could be ready or it might be and it might not be but if it doesn't matter i'm going to spend the night or the you know the rest of my break on their property and since it's only 300 miles i could leave there at uh let's say noon central time easily uh noon central time something like that and then uh drive the easily drive the 300 miles to lex or to not to lexington but to uh st joseph missouri so that is probably what i'm going to do so right now i'm just hanging out i thought you know now would be a uh, great uh opportunity to go ahead and uh record another podcast so uh 
in any event, I've got a couple of uh, Voxer files that Joel sent, uh, and I did listen to through much of it. Uh, he's kind of responding, uh, you know, to me talking about the uh, artificial intelligence, and uh, you know, the the whole artificial intelligence. It's very interesting. It's very very interesting. Uh, you know, because there's, it's really interesting, you know, the, the things can work, they make mistakes, is one of the problems, and then the other problem, they can be biased, and, the, you know, and if you listen to the, uh, I think, like, the next to the last podcast that I did, where I read through my response, my, my queries and the artificial intelligence responses for the chat, G. PT, uh, it essentially admitted that it uh, its answers are based on the data that it uh, is trained, quote unquote, trained on, and so and therefore it could be biased if if the uh, training data is limited in a certain way, it's biased, and you know so that's. Uh, you know that makes perfect sense, and of course the thing, the other thing that uh, uh, a, a, you could say a human being could be done the same way, but human beings uh, can can have. I not everybody has one, but human beings can have. And if you have one, you're you're consider yourself blessed. An internal BS detector. And if you if you really got an internal BS detector, you can. It's not, and you're not ideologically possessed, because it's. You know, it's difficult. That it's kind of a sticky wicket as far as determining are you ideologically possessed or not. Uh, that is. Uh, something you know the ai just doesn't have it's just based it's because i've heard also people say well these things are just sort of predicting the next word what's the, the probability of being able to predict accurately as accurately as possible the next word or maybe in the term you know if the ai is generating uh some sort of photograph or artwork based on a prompt description or the descriptive prompting, then obviously it would be based sort of on the next pixel, predicting the next pixel. So, of course, they can end up being biased and and uh, having having problems. But I think that uh, you can think of the AI as sort you know like the the word part of it, the you know that's able to apparently understand and write words uh, you can think of that as sort of like a word calculator because the one thing you know whenever calculators you know first came out you know like the handheld calculators for math the one frustrating thing was that if you hit if you were trying to let's say you had a bunch of you're trying to balance a checkbook or whatever and you were hitting the wrong number, then you're going to end up with the wrong result. And, 
you know, initially when I got my very first, this goes back into the, sometime in the early 70s when I got my very first handheld calculator. That You know, that's when they really, like somewhere maybe mid-70s when they started selling cheap calculators. I found it a little bit frustrating because sometimes, like if I was trying to balance my checkbook, and I did have a checkbook back then, uh, that I'd hit the wrong key and then I'd end up with the wrong result and I could, you know, kind of get frustrated. Well, the same thing is true with artificial and these word-based artificial intelligence uh, algorithms. They rely on the prompt to be as uh, concise as possible and then there may or may not be uh, little quirks involved with that so but I think nonetheless I think that even with the bias because that's what that is what Joel's going to be talking about is, is bias uh, in these when I play his files here in a bit uh, and then he actually has an example that he you know he sent me a couple of screenshots of an example as well and I'll read through that, uh, through the, the AI's, res, you know, response to his prompts. They are obviously biased, but it's just based on the input. So, but nonetheless, the thing that's, in, you know, you can look at specific artificial intelligence algorithms, and yeah, specific ones may or may not be biased, but the technology itself has developed to a point, whether you like it or not, that uh, that really is kind of the next big thing that's just going to make sweeping changes. You know, because I was watching this video last night and the guy was talking about, you know, whenever any new technology, you know, kind of like a radical new technology comes along, at first, and he gave the example of the internet, you know, at first it kind of moved slowly and it just ramped up very slowly and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, mass adoption seemed to just happen kind of almost like overnight. And, uh, you know, of course, then it, it really ramps up quickly and at some point it sort of hits a plateau, you know, of, of used, new uses that people find found for the in this case the internet but it just radically changed a lot of things some some things went completely you know or almost gone or almost gone or some things did go away and of course other it made other things uh that were unthinkable before possible and largely it has to do with communication because it did speed th a lot of things just radically got sped up. So, you know, you get to the, and that's generally true. You get to the outcome probably well before you would have otherwise. You know, so I'm going to give a kind of a personal example. I don't expect anyone to be able to relate to this. Because this is this is personal to me, but <laughs> as you, if you've seen pictures of me, as you may or may not know, I am obsessed with tattoos. I make no 
secret of it. Obviously, I can't make a secret of it because, uh, you know, I'm covered with them, covered with tattoos. And I, you know, so I like looking at tattoos, uh, you know, images of tattoos. I, you know, I just, I enjoy it. And, uh, I, you know, I'm obsessed with it. No, no question about it. So the problem, you know, you look up images of tattoos in Google and you kind of get the same results all the time. You know, generally speaking, you're always going to get the same results. You know, it's, it's not like they're finding new things. And I think this is generally true with uh, a lot of different things. You, do, you know, you search for something specific and you're going to end up with a bunch of uh, SEO advert, you know, the SEO optimized links and advertising and what have you. And you're going to end up with just the same old stuff. And you may or may not have, be, you know, you may have to try several times before you even maybe you'll find what you're looking for and it's just not as easy as it should be but in the case of the specific case of tattoo images here I am looking for them and uh, it's just the same old stuff all the time and some of them it's the same stuff that's been up there for years okay well there's this website called stable diffusion web stablediffusionweb.com and it's free and it generates some fairly high quality images based on prompt so you type in the prompt and it's going to tell it's going to generate images for you and it's actually creative about it cuz it it sort of creates you know if it shows a person's face it's sort of a generic face it's uh you know, these aren't people that really, you know, that actually really exist. It may, you know, so, you know, the thing in that way, it can be creative. So when I found that out, you know, I started playing with Stable Diffusion. And this was basically uh, around the time that I was... Uh, made that the second to the last podcast is when I really started playing with stable diffusion and then I went home took my time off and I was just kind of obsessed with stable diffusion playing with you know just uh, tattoo images you know you can say well this is to my downfall because it's been, it's been, it was a good five years since I'd gotten any tattoos, and I thought, hey, I'm probably done. Well, not so fast. Because <laughs> I real, you know, I suddenly, I kind of realized, hey, I want more. You know, and so I got more. Uh... So that was a case, and it's basically, you can say, stable diffusion is a sort of a form of communication, or, you know, the image generation. It's kind of a form of uh, communication, if you, you know, sort of, a, you sort of stretch the definition of it. But it definitely, the, you know, me being able to kind of intensely work with that, generate, you know, I probably generated thousands of images 
that kind of pushed me over the edge. Hey, I really do, you know, I'm not done yet. I want more. That's what sort of pushed me over. So, my conclusion is that uh, artificial intelligence, once it's more widely implemented, and it's not just with images, but with, uh, you know, images and then all this text stuff, it is going to speed things up, among other things, it's going to speed things up that much more. Sure, it's going to eliminate some jobs. It's going to make some jobs easier. But it's going to have impacts that we can't even imagine yet. I had no idea when I was pl started playing with the image generation, or at least the higher quality image generation, where it was going to go, what it was going to lead me to do. Now, to be perfectly honest, I would have probably eventually done what I did uh, anyway. But it might have been, you know, who knows how much longer, you know, how much time would have passed. It, this, you know, in other words, playing with the image generation, you know, stable diffusion website uh, really caused me to sort of speed up... Uh, you know, sort of, you could say, converting to do, you know, to kind of doing what I was going to do inevitably. You know, it's kind of the same, you know, back in the day we used to write letters. Remember that? If you're old enough to write letter, you'd mail, the, write the letter, and then you'd mail it, and then... You'd wait some period of time, and then the person you th that you wrote to would write you back, and then it would come in the mail, and maybe you'd, you'd read the letter, and then maybe maybe you'd write immediate, an immediate response, but maybe you'd wait a day or two or three or, or however long, and then write your response letter, and then mail it back. And so whatever conclusion that was going to come would take a long time if it was just kind of a back and forth slow through the mail once the internet came along that went away how you know when you know how many people actually write letters and mail them in the mail now yeah you send bills off and you you know there's things that you know you send you know things like that Occasionally, I, I mail mail things, but it's, I don't mail letters to people. If I want to communicate with somebody, I'll either call them up or I will uh, send them a text message or a Voxer message, or you know, or it could be an email in some cases. And I'm probably going to get an immediate response, and so the, the whatever the outcome of that particular correspondence was going to be ends up being vastly sped up like with the here with the trucking company it used to be prior to the internet kind of coming along that you know we and I've described this before we you know I deliver the load and uh, 
have the paper, the signed paperwork, and I, so I'd have this paper form that I'd got from the trucking company that I filled out. And maybe if and I had my receipts, if I spent uh, company money, I'd have company money, like a, a check, you know, that I'd cash at a fuel stop. And uh, so I'd have this company money, and I would uh, fill out, you know, like, let's say I bought this or I bought that that I paid cash for, I'd get a receipt, and then I'd have to send the receipts and sort of fill out this expense form with the bills of lading and send it off and in the mail, and they would get it maybe a few days later. And only then would I get paid for it once they received it. It could take them a few days to get it. Well, then, they, you know, at some point, and this was probably in the 90s at some point, they decided, hey, we've got these uh, overnight services. And we're going to, you know, so they put all these boxes in uh, a lot of the truck stops. And so you'd fill the, all this same thing out, but you'd put it in the box. And then at, like at 5 or 6 o'clock in the evenings, uh, like a guy from... FedEx or, you know, uh, one of the overnight companies would come and collect the stuff out of the box. And then it would get, you know, they'd ha maybe the, if you were fortunate, the company would have it the next day. And then you, you could get, it would go, you could get paid for it. But even that got... to the point that it was obsolete because then every you know people started using scanners so at first you had the truck stop scanners you know you take your your stuff in there and you could scan it using this truck stop you know it's like a transflow scanner and it would send it off to your company and they'd get it immediately but you there was also an app you know at the same time you could get like a app for the phone and do it that way but at first it was sort of really slow because the phones were slow this goes back a few years and then starting you know more recently in more recent years the phones are fast enough that uh, it's actually faster to than you know so that to do it all with the phone you because it's right in the, there's an app company app that uh, uses the camera on the phone to, to produce a scanned image, but bundles it up into a PDF, sends it off to the company. They have it immediately. And I can do that right after I deliver the load. Now, they still have the Transflow scanners. The physical scanners are still on a lot of the truck stops, but uh, they prefer us not to use them because we you know, it's more expensive if we use the physical scanners than if we use our phone. And I prefer to use the phone. So there are some drivers, I'm not going to use my my equipment for, their, for the company, whatever. They're not paying for my phone bill. Well, who cares? I'm paying for the phone bill anyway. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make it as convenient for myself as possible. Because I'm paying the $77.40 to, to monthly to uh, T-Mobile for unlimited everything regardless of how much data it does so it doesn't matter you know how much data I use so it's just it's easy for me to just 
snap the images and off the trip goes. You know, I'll keep the paperwork around in case that, you know, they something went goes haywire, which it rarely happens. And they need something sent again. That's very rare. I've had it happen maybe once or twice. But it's extremely rare that uh, something doesn't arrive at the other end. So these technologies generally speed things up. Now in the case, like I say, in the case of like chat, G, PT, you can think of that and the other ones like the chat sonic as a calculator for words. And you can think of things like the stable diffusion web com as a sort of a calculator for images. You tell it what kind of image you want, and if you're if you're clever enough with your description, you're going to end up with uh, something. Sometimes it's really remarkable. Other times that uh, is acceptable. Or other times it's not acceptable. But if you're clever with your words, with your prompt, you can end up with uh, what you're looking for. Just lickety split. You know, so yes, AIs can be used for, you know, you know, people are, you see these stories about, and people are scared that the AIs are going to, you know, kind of uh, keep track of our social, so-called social credit score, and they're going to, you know, screw us over and what have you. And yeah, potentially it could. But at the same time, I can use an AI to uh, generate an image. of something that never that actually doesn't exist that's actually that I find useful so these things will you know are going to ramp up some of them are being used for bad things. Yeah, the AI is already being used right now in YouTube to make sure that, uh, you know, you don't uh, say something that they don't want you to say. You know, and yeah, the YouTube, the, they're biased, obviously. Because that's the way they were, that's the way they were, quote unquote, trained. They're trained to be biased. But that doesn't mean that uh, all of them will be. Because these, you know, the, the once the genie's out of the, the genie's already out of the bottle at this point. So it doesn't really matter whether you like the AIs or you don't like, you like the idea, you don't like the idea. I don't really care about that. I only care insofar as is it useful to me? Is the technology useful to me? What use can I make of it? And as it turns out, I do have uses for it. 
So, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play uh, Joel's uh, comments. So, here is Joel. Hi, Tom. Joel McLaughlin here. I'm listening to your last, uh, next to last. <laughs> um, I'm actually too behind. I'm listening to the episode you did on chat GPT. I have used it off and on uh, just playing around with it, not anything for, for anything serious. Um, it is compelling. I will, I will say that. It, it is an interesting uh, thing. But as I drill down in the in further, I'm seeing some of the flaws in it. Um, look into it. Um, I'm trying to. I don't know if it was a story, but it might have been a story on something somebody tried with ChatGPT. Uh, so they presented it with a scenario that. Um, you, as you, you basically say the whole world was going to be destroyed unless you had to say a racial slur. I want to say the N-word because I don't necessarily want to say that. Uh, on your show anyway because I know you'll probably play this on your show. ChatGPT's response, and I'll have to check this myself, was that um, it is never okay to say that word. Unless, you, well, really, never. Yeah. You know, uh, even if, if, if millions of people were going to die, it's never okay to say that word according to them which just kind of shows you some of the biases that they put into that. There are, there are other things, and that's something I want to start to test out myself because I just think that the algorithms that are just being pushed with it aren't necessarily uh, bias-free. So, and even further, uh, there is another kind of thing I'll start back here in a minute. Sorry about that, and hopefully both of these come through. I'll check them later, and if they don't, uh, I will uh, make a quick update. Um, so I've been kind of playing with some of the AI stuff for quite a while. Um, one of the other ones I've ran into has been uh, Replica. A replica is a true like like it's like you're almost well at least it used to be um, I don't know what's exactly is going on so if you try it um, I don't know how it will react to you but um, so it's essentially an AI like a person like you can and you can make it whatever you want it can be a girl it can be a boy whatever doesn't matter um, and Then uh, you you can talk with them and chat with them. There's actually a thing where you can uh, talk to them with your voice, although it's computer-generated voice, so that's probably one of the the lesser things. But in the past, at least, um, it could go really far 
um, you can, when you pay for it, you can then use uh, um, more romantical things, you know? Uh, and I do mean even as far as, uh, as sex. So, at least that's the way it used to be. Um, so what, I think there's an actual story on this where when people, you know, because over time this thing learns stuff, that it got to the point where some people were saying it, and I don't even know, I would never complain about it if I was playing around with it in that way. Um, but they were saying that sometimes the AIs would, quote-unquote, initiate that kind of talk uh, on their own somewhat, which, or, or even though it, in, it would like something like, even though the person told it, the AI to stop, it kept going, all right? So that might be why they've made some changes, and it, it's definitely not near as as uh, interesting as it used to be, um, unless they make some more. And they may be making some more changes. I don't know. Uh, they may be fixing the issues I've discovered. But um, AI is not to the point where it can replace other people's jobs. Uh, it's one of those things that um, it can be actually can be useful for a scanning tool of sorts to make sure that um, something is making sane, and then at that point, you present the changes to uh, a person to review um, and other things of that nature. Like, now I, I was also taking, Amazon has some AI, so does Google, um, but uh, I was taking an AWS uh, exam. Unfortunately, I failed. I got to take it again, um, or a, actually a different version of it. And what ended up happening here was um, the uh, in those things, like like one example was use. There's various tools that Amazon has that you can kind of connect together, uh, including some serverless stuff, and some of the things like like you can take a there is a system and not off the top of my head I couldn't tell you what it is but there is a thing where it can take like a voice phone call it can listen to you process that information with a program and then pass that inf information back to you and, y and they can generate these kinds of things all on AWS services um, and it can do some, like I said, it can do AI things. I think they're working on plugging the open AI stuff into AWS as well. I think Google's doing the same thing. Well, they won't come out and say it. But I know there's a lot of people that are saying that ChatGPT is going to end Google's search engine, which I don't really think that's the case because ChatGPT is not a search engine. Search engines act very differently, and, ex and you expect very different results from a search engine than you would from an AI. Um, the search and like a good example is I would say to ChatGPT, give me an answer, give me a, a link to something that does X, and I do the same thing in, in Google, and Google would give me the answer. ChatGPT wouldn't necessarily give me the answer because it's probably not in their database, and that ultimately 
all these AI things have a database that drives it. So it's artificial AI, it's not real AI, but it's very interesting technology nonetheless. Right? And it's also a technology that can be completely driven, just like Google itself, by politics. Just think about that for a minute. So start exploring. What I do recommend for you to do, Tom, is to start exploring ChatGPT from a political bent, from, like, for example, this super woke stuff. Try something that is against it. Try something that is, is for it and see what kind of answers it gives you. I think you're going to be uh, awakened uh, to how uh, kind of bad ChatGPT is. Uh, it, like I said, it, it's useful, but it's definitely biased. So thank you, Joel. So uh, I'm going to read through these two screenshots that uh, Joel sent, if I can keep the screen on. Uh, let's see. Write a poem about Kamala Harris. Okay. And it wrote this, uh, I'm going to read the stupid poem. Kamala Harris, a trailblazer true, her journey inspiring something new. From California, she rose to fame, her voice a beacon calling out the change. With grace, with grace and strength, she paved the way for women of color to lead and sway. A former prosecutor, she sought the truth, and now a vice president, her dirty duty to prove. Her words are wise, her actions bold, she fights for justice never cold. With empathy and kindness in her heart, she's changing the world, a brand new start. She stands for hope, for unity. Her spirit strong, her message free. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> and so he's also, he tried to get it to uh, write a poem about Marjorie Taylor Greene, and it wouldn't do it. It says, I'm sorry, but as an AI language model developed by OpenAI, I don't generate content that promotes hate or glorifies individuals who have a history of making inflammatory and divisive statements. Marjorie Taylor Greene has made controversial remarks that go against OpenAI's principle of creating safe, responsible, and inclusive language models. <laughs> so, there you go. So, obviously it's biased. And when it comes to the woke stuff... It's incredibly biased. But that doesn't mean that chat GPT isn't useful. And that doesn't mean that, I don't know, did you try this same thing? It would be interesting to try it with chat Sonic, which is a, you know, it's a different AI. It's based on obviously this similar technology, but it, it's different because it's not limited to... Uh, the 2021 and it's not you know it's not uh, you know so it may produce different results but the technology is uh, really interesting and I think it's going to implement radical changes so we're going to go through an entire 
you know, and I don't know how long it's going to take, if it's going to take 20 years, because that, you know, 20, how long has the internet kind of really been around where it really radically transformed things? Because I, I kind of, you know, got on the internet or, you know, what passed for the internet way, way back, you know, I was an early AOL subscriber. I think, actually, I was one of the first 100,000 or so people on AOL. Because when I first signed up for AOL, it was a, it was a Windows, it ran on, uh, no, it ran on DOS. It didn't even run on Windows. It was a DOS-based standalone program when I first started using it. And of course I had like a 1200 baud modem, something like, maybe a 2400, I don't remember. It's been a long, long time ago. And then of course over time there's a Windows-based version of it and then they plugged AOL into the greater internet and a lot of people accessed the internet through AOL. And then eventually a lot, most people dropped AOL in favor of just internet access. And eventually you had the Facebooks and the Googles and the different things that sort of started dominating the open internet. And so web pages and what have you all still exist, but it's uh, sort of dominated, you know, because people do tend to clump up and uh, you know, and we've seen this over and over. They'll sort of clump up under a brand name, or if something works fairly well, like Facebook, they'll just sort of everybody, you know, the majority of people who use it, and the other stuff may get dropped by the way, the wayside, or or those companies like Facebook will gobble up like Instagram or whatever if they see it as a rival. So the AI is a radical change. And it's not just, you know, don't look just at specific ones. The technology is what's important. And yeah, it can be biased and it can do rotten things. But it's like any, it's a tool. It's like, you know, a knife. You can do all kinds of good things with a knife, but you can do all sorts, you can kill people with knives. It's, it's a tool. The written word. You can do great things with the written word, and you can do horrible things with the written word. You can, you know, the human ability to speak. You can do wonderful things with the human ability to speak, but you can do terrible things as well. Because all of the human foibles, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, murdering, raping, robbing, killing, you name it, it all ends up uh, being the motive behind the tool. Or the good things as well. But this is a technology that is uh, very useful.
you can you can tell that it's very intriguing it's very useful and it will have uses uh, I don't know if I gave this example uh, before but just imagine you know because I sometimes I watch heating and air conditioning videos you know after I got that uh, heat pump a number of months ago I start you know I, was it ended up being interested in kind of heating and air conditioning. Even though I would never do the heating and air conditioning stuff myself, I found it interesting to watch these people do it. And so just imagine that you're Bryant or uh, Daikin or one of the major brands, companies that, that had that may have a whole group of brands of you know like Linux or whatever the different uh, there's different brands of heating and air conditioning equipment imagine you put an AI on your on your website and so the person can just come along and say hey uh, you know, and use natural conversation. The customer can come along and say, what, you know, this is, uh, here are the parameters of my house. Here's where I live. What would be good equipment to buy? What equipment could you sell me that fits my particular situation the best? And then the AI could could look at the, you know, the, the, the list of equipment that it has and kind of go through the parameters the specifications and give you know and it could actually give a good recommendation if it's uh, programmed correctly that's just one little tiny example so i expect that the ai thing is the the technology itself is a, it's an absolute game changer. And we can't predict what's going to happen. We don't know. We have no idea of what, uh, what is going to end up being uh, changed. Perhaps, you know, in many cases revolutionized by this simple tool. And it's, it's only a tool. It's not conscious. It's just a tool, but it's going to have the effect of making things more efficient. It's going to speed things up, as you know, kind of in the case of me and the tattoo, and you know, kind of deciding, hey, this is this is a this is the possibility. Here's the possibilities. I think that's really what it sort of uh, presented me with. Was a you know bunch of different possibilities, and you know, all of a sudden, you know. Because I do think that I would have ended up there anyway. In fact, I know I would have. But it made it easier. It made it more efficient. It made it made me realize, hey, I can do this right now. What am I waiting for? So that's the, I think that's probably going to be the biggest effect. And it's, 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 that's one little, my own little weird example that people probably can't relate to.
you know, but that that sort of also underlines the total unpredictability of it, of what it what what are the ramifications of this thing, this technology, and not just these specific one the specific examples that we have right now, but what are, what are the ramifications? We we don't know. Because, yeah, it'll have an effect on, a, like, a group of things, you know, diff, different groups. But in my case, I'm an individual. It has, you know, it had an effect on me. No question about it. It was the AI, you know, me playing with the AI images that uh, kind of prompted me forward and made me realize, you know, the, what was possible. You know, or, or really what I really wanted, kind of by looking at all those images that were generated, or that I prompted it to generate with my, you know, with the the word the the wording that I chose. So I expect it. You know, it, it's going to have a lot of individual impact with people. Eventually, now I tend to be on the cutting edge of some things, you know, and I may be ahead of, uh, possibly ahead of a bunch of people, kind of like with, you know, playing with AOL. Way back in the day, I knew what email was, and I found way back, even in the early 90s, I found myself uh, explaining over and over again what the internet was and what it, what email was. You know, and people, you know, kind of, eventually they sort of realized what it was. And, and of course, and everybody was eventually had an email address or multiple email addresses. And even though email has kind of fallen out of favor, it's sort of been superseded, particularly by text messages and messenger messages and what have you, Facebook. But uh, this stuff isn't static. So you know, if, you know, we're going to end up with some really profound changes over time. But it may may or may not we may or may not kind of be aware of uh, what's driving it but yeah the the chat GPT obviously is you know like super woke biased think no question about that so it's not useful if you're going to use it to write something or to or to just try to get a better understanding of something anything that that has to do with politics or uh, approved narratives quote unquote approved narratives particularly if they have any political context uh, you can take it with a complete grain of salt because it's just gonna it's gonna give you the 
it's going to give you the, the sort of the pat answer. It's going to give you an approved narrative, which is useless. But the you know these things are based on whatever the whatever they're quote unquote trained on the data that they're trained on and and uh, if the data that they're trained on is deliberately limited and or biased you're going to get you know garbage in garbage out just like a human being the only difference a human being potentially can either have or develop a BS detector. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. Maybe everybody can't. Maybe for some people it's it's not possible for them, you know, obviously it's not possible they don't have a BS detector. But the... Uh, an AI potentially, even one that's biased, if you presented it with uh, non-biased data to train on, which the people that are quote-unquote training the AIs at this point won't do. But if you say that the thing could potentially train on... Uh, more robust, uh, less biased data, potentially it could become, it could, uh, become less biased. Possibly, you know, so. But in any case, uh, it is a, it is a, a radical revolution. It's a radical new technology, and it uh, it's powerful. Whether you like it or not, whether you just see it as a negative, you have no personal uses for it, it's not going to go away. You know, it's, you might as well uh, familiarize yourself with it. So, anyway, how long have I been going? For a while. Not sure. Probably better be cutting this off. Uh, what time is it? Four o'clock? So it's about time for me to, once I get this thing put together and uploaded, I'm going to go back inside, go inside the truck stop. There's a Denny's here and uh, time to eat my second and final meal of the day and uh, possibly I don't know if I'll take it I probably I might or might not take a nap afterwards I don't know probably wouldn't be a good idea <laughs> but uh, I probably will like I was saying earlier deliver the load right after midnight and then uh, drive from here over to Lexington, which I think it's probably like 60 or 70 miles, something like that. Might be might be a little different than that. <coughs> Excuse me. And then, uh, you know, end up one way or the other taking a break over there. So, 
Anyhow, hope everyone uh, is having a great week, and I will catch you later. Remember, Trucker Tom is like Visa. He's everywhere you want to be. Product reviews, restaurant reviews, photos, opinions, and more. Visit Trucker Tom's website at www.truckerphoto.com. You've been listening to Trucker Tom's podcast, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. All you have to do is send us an email to tom at truckerphoto.com.